and welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. I'm Jake. And happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. I know we are recording on a holiday. That's wild. I think it's... We've never recorded directly on a holiday, I think. I don't think so either. No. I think the closest we had was Halloween, which was maybe the day before Halloween Uh, one time, but... Yeah? I don't know. I can't remember. We've had a lot of episodes. Well, thank you for coming. Of course. On a holiday. It kind of worked out perfect. None of us really had any... Neither of us had obligations. We're not trying to super spread or nothing. Right. What are you doing today? Uh, Just hanging out with my parents. Yeah. That's pretty much it. It's just me and Jen. We're going to cook some... Cook a feast. Doing a ham. A ham. Hams are easy. Yeah. They're easy. I like ham, though. I do, too. That's a good choice. Uh, We cooked a ham one time for New Year's when we visited my brother in bend when he lived in bend okay and it was just it's just simple Mm -hmm. i'm okay so i've never cooked a turkey before so i think for like towards christmas i Mm -hmm. might give it a shot okay but i didn't want to do it today it just seemed like a whole thing it seems like a whole thing like everybody talks about oh you cook it like this or you cook it like that or oh don't get it too dry and it's just like kind of this daunting thing mm-hmm. but I it, love there, to cook. it does seem like a lot of pressure around the turkey right yeah well and on a thanksgiving day maybe mm-hmm. that's why i didn't want to do it today yeah. is because on a thanksgiving day if you screw it up like that's that's it that's yeah. the, like the meat right mm-hmm. it's gone and i there was one time this summer where my parents had come over to see the new place and i bought like these really nice uh like pub burger patties mm. from fred meyers mm. and they were not cheap like those like their select ones or something like that uh but they were like breaded and like seasoned oh. dude mm. i burnt all of them <gasps> no. all of them dude my stupid i have the worst barbecuer and it just like i stepped away for a second and it Everything caught on fire. I need a new grill. That's one of my, like, Jen was like, okay, this summer we will get a new grill. And I was like, you should get a Traeger. I don't want a Traeger, dude. Just give me a classic barbecue, dude. A Traeger is also like a turkey. Like, it's just a whole thing. Yeah, you got to put the pellets in. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Let me just turn on the gas or light some coals, whatever, Mm -hmm. and just do it. Yeah. Anyways, so, yeah, we're just cooking at home today. It's uh, it's nice to sit back down with just you and I, yeah, and talk because it's been. I was mapping this out, yeah. So we had four straight episodes with CJ, okay. Which love CJ, yes. Thank you so much thank, for coming, CJ. You uh, those we couldn't have gotten through the election without Hell CJ. No. <laughs> Hell no. He saved our. Uh, he saved our, both of our yeah. asses so much by having him as a sounding board. Yeah, just that balance of the three of us. Mm-hmm. Like when one of us was freaking out, it's like the other would come back. Encounter it, even though that third person bringing everybody down was freaking out just as much. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, all three of us were like, we would come across something and then we'd send it into our group chat and then we'd either get like, we'd either get um, like positive affirmation, like, okay, that is crazy. Like, you're not, you're not alone or like, hey, look, actually, maybe look at it this way. Right. And like, maybe it's not as bad. And so it was really nice. And then plus two to get updates like, hey, Pennsylvania is now down to this many thousand votes or stuff like that so it was nice um so yes again thank cj Mm -hmm. you're awesome um and then we didn't record last week um just life getting in the way which happens which i went to texas dude that's right you did go to texas and then you had to catch up on all of your uh homey work i have so much still really so much dude that's all i have to do like the next 
four days. Because I'm behind. Oh, really? Like assignments. But I emailed my professor and I was like, yo, I'm going to Texas kind of for an important reason. Mm-hmm. And she was super chill. She was like, oh, okay. And I was like, my assignments are probably going to be late, but I'll, I'll, I'll get on it. And it's the <clears throat> I'm starting my final project is what it is. Okay. So you're doing one part of your final project uh, and doing the second part. The first two parts are not done. <laughs> that's stressful. It is super stressful, but... Anyway, sorry, you were saying. No, so we're getting good. back to, to this. Yeah. So we ho- I hope you guys, those of you who listened to to the Republic, that you liked the topic. I thought it was kind of um, topical for what kind was of uh, causes of the Civil War. Right. Yeah. Uh, I I would I yeah I guess I should have because I'm sure there's a lot there's a lot of people who listen to say what you mean that don't listen to our TTR episodes yeah. and I understand it's a lot more dry it's not really a and then plus it's not you and I a lot of times yeah. it's me and Matt so. Um, but I, it's, I think it's a, we do a really good job of breaking down um, a lot of the, talking about a lot of the institutional arrangements and kind of inter-party strife mm. that has a lot of parallels to what we're seeing today, right? right. And um, when the breaking down of norms happens, this is, this, it can lead to stuff like, well, a civil war. So right. it's, it, I, th- I think it's an important episode to listen to and I think people would enjoy it For anyway. Sure. Um, so yeah, we haven't, a, we haven't talked like even like at all. We've no, we haven't even texted each other hardly at all. Last no. night we gamed a little bit, but like there's so much that I wanted to talk to you about, but I knew we were recording today. So I was like, just keep it. Yeah. Keep it, just, you know. and plus we had other people too. So yeah, I don't want them up in my business. <laughs> um, <laughs> dude, you were so funny going after, uh, Jason last night about my money. Yeah. <laughs> I was cracking up. Dude, oh, he owes me money. I know. I'm pissed. For those who don't know, he bet me $20 in 2016 on November 5th that Trump would win re-election, and I bet him 20 bucks that he wouldn't, and, well, he hasn't, but according to Jason, it's not over yet, so I'm sitting here not getting my money, but then he said something about raising it to 200 bucks. Dude. I caught that, and I don't know what he meant by that, but you should definitely keep taking him up on that Dude, because that's easy. That is easy money. Easy money. But look, he's not even the kind of guy who can pay up when he owes. So if it goes up to 200 he's definitely not paying me. <laughs> Scumbag. But how much more shit could you give him? It's almost oh, worth dude. it just to be able to continue to give him shit for 200 bucks, Dude, and once I'm hoping that the gamers will, like, once it's finalized, like, it's been uh, the inauguration has happened everybody jumps on and like come on dude you gotta pay him like it's over you mm-hmm. know yeah so yeah that's why I because there's no after. doubt in my mind that you would get that trump tattoo i already have it picked out and a spot so. see you're not a welcher oh is that a term yeah and people who back out on bets oh i hedged some of the bets so i do owe someone 20 dollars because i bet that trump would win <laughs> oh well there you go but um, so then that guy was like, hey, dude, where's my 20 bucks? And I was like, well, it's not over yet. I'm <laughs> <laughs> saying the same stupid uh, crap everyone else was saying. That's funny. Um, but yeah, dude, it's it's it was good to chat. It's good to be here and mm-hmm. doing this again. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about Texas. Um, oh, Texas. Yeah. First of all, it was the longest flight I've ever been on. Did you puddle jump or did you have to go to? I went to Dallas. Okay. And then from Dallas to Corpus Christi, Texas, which is on the Gulf Coast. How far is Dallas from Corpus Christi? An hour. Flight. Okay. Flight. Mm-hmm. Hour flight. Just beep. Real quick. Small plane. Um, I'm terrified of heights. So you're not a big fan of flying? 
so there were moments where I'm just like zoning out, imagining the worst scenarios mm-hmm. and how would I survive in this scenario this high up in the air? <laughs> like the worst things, mm-hmm. dude, the worst things. And like there are a few times where Jen like looks over and she like catches me zoning out. She's like, you're all right. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm cool. But really in my head, I'm, I'm imagining the whole plane panicking and like babies crying and like, we're going down and Homelander coming on and choosing not to save you. Yeah. Just lasering everybody. <laughs> um, so yeah, dude, what an interesting, so Portland, when I, when I went into Portland airport, it was pretty interesting how comparatively to the, the only other times I've ever flown, I just flew to um, Santa Ana for Disneyland. Mm-hmm. That's the only place I've ever flown prior to this. Portland airport was pretty quiet. Not bad. It's and like complete. It's almost empty. Yeah, yeah, it was strange. So then have you, have you ever been to Dallas? I have been into Dallas um, to then take a flight up to Tulsa. Okay. That airport is massive, it's dude. It's really big. You have to take a train to go to another terminal to then fly mm-hmm. out? Yeah. Dude, it was insane. So so going from Portland, which is like a pretty good-sized mm-hmm. airport, to Dallas, which is massive, then to Corpus Christi, which is maybe the size of this duplex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's tiny, dude. Um, so, you know... Eh, Someone asked me, you know, tell me about like, you know, I'm not trying to be superficial, but tell me about like being on the Gulf Coast, right? Like, was it beautiful? And don't get me wrong. It was beautiful. When you're looking east and you're looking at the coast and you're on the beach, you turn around and it's flat as far as you can see. It's a lot of concrete and browns and oil refineries all over the place. But there was one place where like you're driving over, we're driving over towards, um, driving north along the coast Mm -hmm. and there's just this massive field of windmills which i thought was cool oh yeah but texas man i don't i don't know because of the reasons i was there it'll always have a special place in my heart Mm -hmm. but meh yeah meh I we went into the bookstore and we walked out and the the highway was right there mm-hmm. and I just hear bah, 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 and I turn over and I look and car after car after car after car after car Trump flag Trump flag Trump flag Trump flag Trump, a huge parade of like, really oh yeah oh yeah really yeah and it was like a good two weeks after the election oh yeah and and I wanted to bring this up Jen Jen pointed this out this is super interesting um we're we're you know, an election had just happened, so we're paying attention. I, at least, we, you know, we both were paying attention to, like the the representation of politics in the in the town. Mm-hmm. Now, Corpus Christi is a small smaller town, um, beach town, and there were, you know, all the Jen pointed this out. She goes, you know, look at all these these political signs. They're all one variation of like they all have in including like red white and blue or like symbols of stars and stripes and like mm. uh and and you see that a lot right but but i've never like biden's uh, his is red white and blue but it's a standard like biden you know you've seen yeah, it right it's white block lettering yes. blue background yeah in texas i kept seeing these like posters of like him and kamala like kamala's like standing like back to back and it said like Biden and Harris and it was like far more cheesier than anything else I'd ever seen. Hmm. So I, I just thought it was really interesting. Um, one interesting thing was, uh, you know, what was it? Um, Harvey, Hurricane Harvey. Was it right there in 2008? 
You got a computer right in front of you. Look it up. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I, I, I think have the technology. You have the technology. Anyways, I think it was right there. Um, so we had talked to some people about just the damage it had done and... Um, uh, Hurricane Harvey was August 17th to September yeah. 2nd, 2017. Um, yeah, that's right there in that Gulf Coast and it hit... Um, it, yeah, it hit Texas, Louisiana, Guyana, which is a country we didn't know was a country. Yeah, it's in Africa. Uh, and that's a... That's <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a throwback to a, to a few episodes ago to anybody who was listening. Uh, Belize, Nicaragua, yeah, and more. Anyway, so um, you know, we were talking to some about some people, and they were saying in in some towns, like if you go up north to like Rockport, you can still see some kind of the damage, mm. like even like three years later. Oh yeah, that's the one. Like all the Houston, like the Houston Texans were sending out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it was kind of cool to go down to there and and be in that place. Um, it was fun. Like, if I had gone specifically for vacationing, I think I would have enjoyed it more. Even though I was kind of a vacation, right? Mm-hmm. But I was there for other reasons, and you know, I was focusing on on the on the. I don't want to say work, but there was yeah. something that had to be done there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think I will go back someday. And I think that if we focus on just being on the beach the whole time and really just spending the time, maybe renting a Airbnb on the beach, mm-hmm. that would be awesome. Yeah. Also, dude, houses there are so damn cheap. Nice ass houses for so cheap. Yeah, I have a friend who's moving to Ohio uh, after the first of the year, and he was showing me a place that he was looking at, and it's stupid. It's so insane, dude. It's so expensive to live here. <sighs> it sucks, but it's beautiful. Oh, and I will say that. So it was hot. And it was muggy. Yeah. Even in November. Oh, yeah. Ugh. There was I've, like, I've been to Tulsa in midsummer, and it's almost un- it's almost unbearable. There was one day, I think it was the last day that we were there, and it was like high 70s and like windy, mm-hmm. and it felt good. It yeah. was good. But um, getting off the plane here, walking out of the... Um, we got where we landed around like 7, 7.30. And then stepping outside and just feeling that cold, crisp air, I was just like, oh, home. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing like it, dude. Yeah. I just, I love it. And, and and flying over and seeing the lights. And I've never flown in into anywhere at night. So that was kind of cool to yeah. see. Um, but but in the daytime, when you fly over Port uh, Oregon and Washington, you see the greenery. It's like, Okay. I can't live anywhere else, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, cause flying over Texas is all brown and just, ugh. yeah. I mean, it's yeah. That's what they call it, the flyover states. Yeah, I mean, they all look the same. Gross, dude. Anyway, so Texas was tight. Um, yeah, that was it. That was my. That's why we didn't record. Mm-hmm. Um, did you say this when we were recording? Probably not. That you work tomorrow. Yeah, I do work tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, I have to work at ten. Black Friday. Seven on Black Friday. I always work Black Friday. I mean, when you work in retail, it's... Do you have any hot deals? That's like your Super Bowl. Um, No. I mean, we just don't have enough stock to be able to put anything... Like, we don't have the quantities of anything specific to really put on sale. That's the What about, problem. like, camping stuff? I mean, we don't have... I mean, we don't have massive quantities to yeah. be able to put on, like, a really good deal. Yeah. I mean, we have some stuff. But, I mean, the ad is probably half the size that it normally is. Mm. Um, and people are making fun of us 
<laughs> on our social, like on our social media, like crazy. Really? Oh yeah. Oh, um, I gotta see it. Yeah, Send Car- me it, dude. Carter was sending me screenshots this morning of people on uh, like on Facebook, you? like, "Oh, we're really gonna roll out of bed early for that ad and stuff like oh, that." Oh, that's hilarious. And, I mean, could we? I don't know. Could we have done a better job? It's that's not that's not me. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the, I don't know what the realities is. Right. What the reality was in terms of trying to get stuff ordered. Uh, I do know that the supply chain is so disrupted, especially on stuff coming out of China. Mm-hmm. So yeah, China. I, it's China. God, I'm going to be so glad not to have to hear that guy talk about foreign policy anymore. The, um, <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, we don't have any guns on sale cause we just, there's just no guns. Yeah, and that's usually, that's, like a, that's usually like a big draw yeah. to black Friday is like, what guns do we have on ad? And we have like 10% off all bolt action rifles. It's like that's nothing. Like that's mm. a terrible ad. There's nothing in hunting that it would get anybody wow. there. I mean, just because we don't have it. Anything Maybe it'll gun, be slow then. Anything gun related. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna be completely staffed up. So that's cool. I mean, we've done well enough throughout the the last throughout this whole year um, to make up for a you know a less than stellar. Oh, that's Black true. Friday. So yeah. we're gonna be okay. It's not like Fisherman's is gonna fold because we have a bad Black Friday. But I, I don't know. Like I think the definition of like Black Friday, where that stems from, is just like the end of the year, like trying to make the the profit margins or trying to make the whole company look like here's how we did over. And it's like kind of like a crunch to finish everything before mm-hmm. the end of the year. But you have a great point of saying like this year has been far different as far as sales, so for especially in that industry so camping fishing hunting yeah guns like you guys have done all right, right? yeah as, i was as an industry i was standing back at the tackle counter and looking at our reel because we have this huge wall this massive wall and it's all reels just stacked with uh-huh. display reels it's three quarters of the way empty wow and we just can't like shimano which is one of the biggest yeah. um uh fishing ta- like fishing terminal like fishing tackle uh, and rods and reel manufacturer Shimano is made, like one of the biggest players in the industry. Yeah, and they're saying June at the earliest for us to see for us to see most of their stock. Yeah, and that's Shimano G Loomis. That's like that's hot. Not only is it high dollar like high end stuff, but it's stuff that sells too. Because yeah. G Loomis is yeah, yeah, um, yeah. that's like the brand of right. of salmon steelhead pool. So um, yeah, it's yeah it's gonna be tough, but. We'll get, I mean, we'll get, you'll be all right. Yeah, we'll be fine. See, I'm wondering to look, I want to go and like check up. I went to try to get my bike fixed in the summer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Impossible. Yeah. There were no parts. There was nothing. Everybody either. took up biking. Yeah. Like they did so, everything else. In the right. Airport. So now I'm hoping that, you know, Jen was saying, like, maybe you should go try now to get your bike fixed. And hopefully, middle of November, end of November, some things, there will be some resupplies and I can get my bike fixed. Um, one thing I want to say is, um, so this will lead into where I want to go to next. But uh, so I was over here this morning when I was running errands and I drove past that GameStop over by that Walmart right oh, there. Oh, yeah. Dude, there was a guy sitting out there in a camping chair. For which game? I'm assuming either the PS5 or the Xbox One Series oh, X or okay. Xbox Series X. I'm assuming. Otherwise, why are you waiting outside of a game store? At 11 a.m. For what? Yeah, I don't. Dude, that guy is dedicated, dude. He's given up his whole Thanksgiving for a system. Dude, I'll wait. Yeah, I don't. There's nothing even available for that system that's unique to no. it. That 
I'm that I'm jumping off the like I've been saying Halo, and I'll get into it. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I don't care. I mean, I game shared with Jesse, so I got the new game, and I can play it on my Xbox yeah. One. But just I waited outside of a store for the Wii, and I think there was a game once. But the, uh, so now that you can do downloads, not like, even that. Like da- that's a great point. Mm-hmm. That's an excellent point. You can do downloads, but also, but which also, I'm glad hurts GameStop because fuck GameStop and their prices and their buyback. Their buyback's stupid. Oh, you might, it's as, well the not, worst. You might as well not even sell it. No, sell them. it on offer up, dude. You're yeah. gonna get a better deal, and it's more respectful. Like if if you sell a game for forty bucks, someone's gonna buy it for forty bucks mm-hmm. because they and and then that's such a better transaction because. Nobody's buying it for $10 and then selling it for $40. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I never sold anything on there, but I bought like video games like for my Switch and stuff. Mm-hmm. I forgot what I was saying and what I was going. Oh, um, buying the games. And I think there was a video game I waited for uh, once. But then but then one, one day on a game release day, uh, I drove by GameStop and there was this massive line like hours before midnight and I walked into a Fred Meyer at midnight and just bought it there. I mean, Fred Meyer's is the place to go for like that kind of stuff. There was nobody around, mm-hmm. nobody cared, nobody waited. Stupid. Which brings me to my next point. So, Jacob. That was I my name. ordered your birthday gift. Two of them. I got you two gifts. You didn't have to give me anything. Shush. Okay. <laughs> So one came, and then one on the delivery day, I get an email and said, hey, we canceled your order. And I'm like, what the F? I'm pissed. So it ha- so I ordered it from a different vendor. Mm-hmm. It's coming next week. I won't tell you what it is. Okay. But I have one of your gifts here. Oh. Okay. Well, thank you. you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? For not, for not being here. It's like an incomplete gift, so I guess... Oh, shut up. Because it goes with this okay. gift. Well, it just it bums me out. Don't. So I went to I went to Walmart to see if they had it. Uh-huh. They were closed. Then I went to Freddy's to see if they had it. They didn't have the gift. Hmm. So... Um, Today? Yeah, that's what I was doing oh. this morning. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Because I was like, maybe they'll have it there. And I went there. Was today the delivery, the, the delivery no, day? Oh, uh, okay. No. It got... It's so the next delivery date is next Wednesday, so okay. I'll have it for next episode. Um, here you go. Well, thank you. Sorry, dude. Please stop apologizing. It's me annoying because you like came in hot and heavy with your gifts well, this year. I mean, yeah, because you usually beat the hell out of me with with gifts. So, oh, do you know what that is? Little Nero's Pizza. Yeah, it's ringing a bell. You're the worst fan ever. <laughs> what is it? That's the pizza company, pizza delivery company on Home Alone. I am the worst fan ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. It is. It is. That is the. That is it. I knew it, dude. It sounded so familiar. I just could not place it. Yeah, dude, that is the greatest gift ever. I cannot <laughs> wait to send my sister a picture of this. She's going to like. Well, not only do I love it, but she is going to love it because yeah. Um, as you can probably tell from the episode, well, me and my sister, yeah, okay, oh, yeah. cool. No, no, yeah, I wore cool. large. Um, my sister and I are we're super nerds yeah. of Home Alone and Home Alone Two, and all we do is quote this nonstop. Like, oh, I know. We send each other gifs and memes GIFs. daily, gifs <laughs> and memes 
daily of uh, of quotes from these movies. Yeah. So thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, you're welcome. I, and you were talking about trying to be wear, wear them white more and be more confident, so I got it in white. I appreciate that. To, to push you into that confidence. And yeah, and the first time, normally, okay, a white so, tee. so here's the thing, is like normally <laughs> when I would used to see white shirts, I'd be like, oh no, like I can't wear that. But then to like how far I've come, I opened this and it didn't even dawn on me that oh, it was that's white. Oh, that's great. So Good. that's awesome. Thank you. Good. Thank of you course. so much. Happy birthday. Dude, you I'll give you another gift uh, next Thursday. Okay. And it has to do with that, so get ready. All right. Which means it's a Home Alone reference. Well, that just keeps me guessing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought that was like, oh, dude, what an obscure that is super, reference. That is super obscure. And if you wear it, people are, people won't know what that shirt is. But those who do, mm-hmm. it's, it's like a, I got a mouse rat shirt for my birthday from Jen one time. And... That's a little less obscure, but when people see me wear the mouse rat, they're like, yeah, mouse rat, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's awesome. And so I also s- have a mouse rat shirt. Do you? Mm-hmm. So for somebody to get little Nero's pizza, that would be, if someone sees this and goes sit and knows it's home alone, I, that is mad respect. Yeah. I think we'll have a bond that for could sure. al- will always be shared. That's next level. Like, yeah. Fandom. Even though you didn't know what it was. I mean, you poser. I am a. It's just, I, I, it's been a while since I've seen the first one because my sister and I, we watched the second one a lot. Yeah. Um, perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you again. Happy birthday. I'm going to wear this on Christmas. Um, okay. So there was some, I think, uh, political stuff I wanted to talk about. Oh, this is before we get into, I'm sure you saw what happened this morning. No. Perfect. Um, I was hunting. Oh yeah, that's right. So. Before I get to that, what I wanted to bring up is um, Facebook and Twitter. Did you hear what they're going to do on January 20th? They're going to change the uh, – they're going to move the the, po- the official POTUS um, handle to Biden. to Biden. Yeah, I love that. But also – I kind of want just them off of the off of the social media anyway. Why? Huh? Why? Because. Why? Because one person's abused it? I didn't like it when Obama did it either. Oh, you didn't like Obama. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just, I don't like it as a way to, if it's just a way to. Um, Communicate? I, could, I don't even know if communication is the right. I don't even know if I like it as a form of communication. Um, I guess just as a way to, I guess, be more familiar, I get make yourself more familiar with the with the populace. Right. But as a form of communication from the presidency to as a direct line of uh, of communication from the presidency to the populace. Yeah. I don't like that as a tool because I think in a way it it continues that process mm, of, of elevating the executive branch to this um to this uh preeminent level. Right. And I don't like it because in a way it's kind of, it, it's populist, right? I, it's I like, get what you're saying. It's like, I'm the speaker. I'm, I'm the, like I'm the executive mm-hmm. and I'm speaking directly to the people because I am, you know, I'm a man amongst the people. And then that's circ- almost in a way circumventing Congress. But the members of Congress have handles and. Yeah, but they're not the president, right? We right. already think of the president as, as, as the, chief executive right there's already the kind of that that thought in america and then how we think about the presidency and how we talk about the presidency um 
and I don't know. I just, I just don't, I, there's just something about it regardless of who it is. And yes, Trump abused the hell out of it, but I just don't like, I, I personally, I just don't, I wish that no president I think you make is, an, is on it. Yeah. I think you make an interesting argument. Absolutely. The fact that there's that direct line in it and in some way either elevates it or, or changes the dynamic of that executive role mm-hmm. in regards to how it's viewed or how it's presented, right? Yeah. To this is like amazing communication stuff. I love. Yeah. Um. But but totally, I think that that is a great point. Uh. But I also I think I do like it. Um. One historically, like I was just scrolling through Trump's feed. Also, this is interesting. So the POTUS feed on Twitter, all it is is retweeting Trump's handle. Okay. The at real Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. The POTUS is just retweeting every tweet he tweets. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So he's not really even using it. He's just, I mean, he is, but mm-hmm. just to, stupid. He just built up his own Twitter. Yeah. Um, Which is all he's used the presidency for anyway. Yeah, that's all he himself up. Um Crap, I forgot what I was going. But, but I do like it as, um, you know, as, as history. So I'm scrolling through mm-hmm. the POTUS Twitter, and it's just a bunch of retweets of Donald Trump's tweets. But what a weird primary source. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a weird primary source. Um, when you have someone tweeting at 3 a.m. on the toilet, there's a direct line to the thoughts of that person who's mm-hmm. leading the country. <laughs> no, I mean, it It will be fantastic tools um, for social scientists and historians yeah. in the future. Um, I just question about, as we get further and further removed from the time and space in which those tweets occurred... Yes context is going to be lost yes and i wonder to what extent will those be um useful how how useful will those be 10 15 20 years from now oh, i think they'll or, be useful. or will they be useful in a in a different in a different in an unintended way in a way that we couldn't know by now because we're so far we're still in the we're still in the forest and we can't see the trees right yeah absolutely through the for, through yeah, that yeah. forest so i mean there's i'm sure there's ways like you know, breaking down just the different topics that we wrote papers on, right? Yeah, yeah. And analyze historical events from a perspective that the people living in those times would have never thought to be analyzed because they also they couldn't see all the dynamics yes. as a whole, right? Mm-hmm. And we have a we have a we have because we can have that twenty thousand foot view of that topic and the and the, the things that preceded it and proceeded mm-hmm. it. Uh, it's I I don't know maybe I guess I guess. I'm changing. I guess I'm going to change my point. Yes, I think they will be useful tools. Um, I just, I think you. I, I still think you have make a great. Yeah, point. I know, and I think you do too. I just, I wish, I just, I guess it's my own personal, like, I, I don't even know what what the right term is, but I just personally don't like it. Mm-hmm. But that is, I'm not saying that it shouldn't be used. Yeah. it shouldn't be there. I just wish it wasn't. Well, I think your your argument is an angle that most people wouldn't even consider. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the way that it changes that dynamic. But another thought that I had was this president is tweeting directly. Biden ain't tweeting, dude. Obama didn't tweet, dude. The Portland Trailblazers don't tweet. That's a 
You know what I mean? So when you look at the oh, way... Oh, no, that's a staffer. That, that's what yeah. I'm saying. So you look at the way that the Portland Trailblazers are, handled their social media, which I can't remember her name. Amar, Amari. She's amazing. She's so good. The Portland Trailblazers one? Yeah. She's incredible. Dude, I follow her on Instagram just because she's so... Like, I love her. She's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she posts... What I love is so weird. I love... She'll post sometimes videos. Somebody videoing her capturing the moment that she then posted on the Portland mm. Trailblazers. And it's like this removed, like, behind-the-scene thing. But I love that for yeah. some It's weird, dude. She had this really cool bit for a while where when the Blazers were in the middle of, like, a really bad, like, lose stretch of losing. Uh-huh. And she would always post just on uh, – she would always post just a – an um, like, the, the kind of sly face emoji uh-huh. where it's, like, one wink and then, like, a kind of a crooked yeah. smile. And people – in the comments, people were flipping out like they lost. Like, why are you keep posting this same meme? And she just kept trolling those same people by continuing to post the same emoji. Yes, I, she's anyway. She's, she's fantastic. So great. Um, but so so I'm. But almost this is a, a new way to like another perspective to think about this. So Donald Trump is directly doing it right. I don't think I think Biden will have a staffer. I think Obama had a staffer. Um, you know what I mean? So there's this gatekeeper, if you will, mm-hmm. representing the. Portland Trailblazers organization. There's a there's somebody choosing and filtering and representing the office of the president mm-hmm. in 2020. Yeah, it's specifically one person, Donald Trump. Yeah, as long as it's not used to try to circumvent Congress to put pressure on uh, policy on to get certain policy things. Yeah, um, moving. Yeah, I prefer those things to be done um, back channel uh, or more open in a discussion forum instead of president from bully pulpit saying we need to have X, Y, and Z done now. Like, right. It's in, right. and it's like, well, that's not you. That's Congress. Congress is a separate, bo- as a separate and equal body. I, I just, or he's like, he's tweeting out to his secretary of state or he's tweeting out to his uh, attorney general saying this person needs to be like prosecuted now. We need yeah yeah we need tighter regulation laws. That's or disgusting. Stuff. We need tighter no. regulation on this. I that's gonna happen with Biden, dude. If if he's getting grit if he's getting gridlock yeah, yeah. from McConnell Senate, yes. which he's going to get, will we then see Biden use those same tools? Yeah. Maybe not to the extent that Trump did, but will we still see it? If we do, that's worrisome. I don't like it. Um, I wish we could refrain from doing that, but it was an effect. It was in a way effective yeah. for Trump and to say that somebody else isn't going to use that. It's naive to say that it's not going to be for used sure. again right. um, by the office, by the opposition. <sighs> I don't know. I just, <laughs> what a sigh. Well, no, well, okay. So one of the reasons like, so I, I've been studying because many like manufacturing jobs, are coming back to the United This is going to get back to your to this point. Yeah, no worries. Um, manufacturing jobs are coming, not jobs. Manufacturing mm-hmm. is coming back to the United States. USA. Not manufacturing jobs. Oh, manufacturing. Okay. And the reason why is because there are several reasons. Climate change is causing instability in in third world countries. Wow. So companies aren't wanting to have their supply chains so dependent on third world countries that are really prone to shocks or government upheavals, right? So they're coming back home. 
Wow, dude. COVID has also exasperated that by saying we don't want our supply chain this stretched out because what happens when China closes their borders or there's these tariffs, like tariffs get put in place. We don't want our supply chain. But they're not going back to, but labor costs in the United States are gonna, not going to make it cost effective yeah. to, to have those jobs back here. Mm-hmm. Andrew Yang actually pointed this out perfectly. He's like, robots are coming for your jobs, not immigrants. And mm. China's not taking your jobs. Robots are going to be the ones taking your for jobs. Sure. And um, uh, Bank of America released a, a whole, like a whole like um, economy forecast mm-hmm. saying that within the next five years, um, I think they said something like 50% of manufacturing jobs uh, could could be autom- could be at this point automated mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. robots. Like so, those good union jobs that Trump kept claiming was going to be coming back, mm-hmm. maybe the like the actual company mm-hmm. will be here, but those jobs they're gone. Like, yeah, they're not hiring. Okay. And I th- okay, so I think that the. My point being, mm-hmm. and the other one of the the causes how Trump, ex- in himself using his bully pulpit, Twitter, yeah, account to make this expedite or make this situation more more worse, mm-hmm. is that they couldn't keep up with business owners have to plan right. It's not right. necessarily the tariffs; it's that they couldn't respond fast enough to his tweets. Oh, right so yeah. his tweets caused so much instability and strife because it's all of a sudden you hear the president of the united states saying we're going to be doing this yeah okay so everybody else takes their cues from that and then makes their plans yes when he is constantly pivoting and changing focus and changing direction on a dime based on his twitter right nobody could get a handle on that so they're like we can't have our supply chain so affected across the globe mm-hmm. that and yes it might be that might have been cost effective under a normal administration right but we now that is basically a tweet can just fundamentally change global the global economic sphere yeah we want to be we want to shrink that down because of long-term stability even if it isn't as cost effective in the short run right Um, so he's making america great again (laughs) incidentally (laughs) by Potentially, incidentally, by his own incompetence, right. right? It's it's not anything he did. It's not like this 3D chess game where yeah, he was smart. Yeah. He smarted everybody else Maybe into if doing I that. Tweet like opposition, opposing ideas every day. It'll make America great again. <laughs> <laughs> so my my point is is that I think that the having the president on the Twitter on Twitter on the on, Twitter, on the Twitter. I am so old right now. Shoot him up, dude. <laughs> Oh, we should just retire. I know. Um, excuse me. Uh, so yeah, I think the I, my point my point being is yeah. that Twitter can have <laughs> president on Twitter can have real world consequences. Yes, for sure. More than just the hypothetical poli sci type looking at it, like, well, what does that mean for the you know how the executive branches conceptualize amongst its populace. It has real world economic, sure. uh, economic and security ramifications too, so that's another reason why I wish the president presidents would refrain from being on social media. And that's why I was saying, like, how powerful is that? That Twitter and Facebook have both said, regardless of what you, President Trump, think is going to be the situation, we are transferring those accounts to the president elect. And how crazy is that? Those are. The blending of 
this is something you and I have talked about quite a bit, but the blending of public and private space mm -hmm. in the social media sphere, mm -hmm. which has been, hasn't been defined by law, by courts. It's pretty much wild freaking West. Yeah. So you have private, you have, you have public entities, the president of the United States living on a private platform in its own, in a private, you have a public figure living in a private sphere but then the private company has the power to remove the title and give it to a different person. How do we go about regulating? I mean, how do we go about regulating that? Right. Because let's say President Trump continues to call himself president on Twitter. Right. Yeah. But they're saying he now he can't do that. So that in itself, you got this blending of public and yeah. private space. That is really interesting and is such a, it's it. so unique to our time. Mm -hmm. Not my president, bro. Which reminds me, have you heard of Parler? <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> From the same, same source I have? Uh, I'm going to imagine someone very similar. Yeah, okay. So, um, so that guy, I can't remember his name, who started Parler, but you, you find a lot of Trump supporters out there on that social media mm -hmm. site. Um and he, it's interesting because I read up on Parler a little bit and the CEO was like, we want left wing people to come here. Like this is a space where there is no regulation of freedom of speech. And then I read an article that's like <laughs> CEO of Parler is, is learning the hard way, the prices and consequences of complete freedom of speech on a social media platform. Again, blending that those two worlds mm -hmm. and if you're letting people say whatever they want without you know what i mean on a medium where there is no face-to-face -face or real yes. like, or direct consequences for your words yeah yeah it's it's interesting because he he's going with the intention of like free speech for everyone and then learning like whoa this is an ugly place to be mm -hmm. which is is it, it is it's it's is it guided and directed by those consequences right whether social consequences where whether physical consequences of saying things to people mm -hmm. you know i don't know because you know how i feel about freedom of speech and, and what it does to regulate those in power mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah but also the there is that ugly side of it where it's harmful and hurtful mm -hmm. well this gets to an, to another dis like a a discussion that I think can help us understand this conundrum because it is like this is a conundrum, right? right. How do you? And I think every government is every government, every society, every culture is going to have its own answers. Where to what? Where on the spectrum do you have public and private space in terms of free speech? Mm -hmm. Like where is the, where where is government? Like where can government step in and say this this speech is actually not protected? And you know, the United States has a very, very, very staunch, like very limited, um, staunchly limited uh, ability of the government to come in and say this speech is not protected. Right. Now, there are private entities that can then say this is our created space. Yes. We can limit it how we want to. And then the government can put pressure on those private entities to try to limit um, the spreading of knowingly false information mm -hmm. and to try to keep. Uh, information from outside actors who are looking to influence in a negative way um, from being able to spread it openly on those platforms. Right. So, to what ex I guess 
to what extent, um, I mean, I don't know, is at some point, can you see in the future those social media places becoming almost, you know, publicly, <laughs> publicly owned instead of privately owned? Ooh. Because if you think about, like, try to think about the social media sphere, right? The okay. internet as land. Right. And you try to apply the same principles to public and private space on tangible land, right? Mm-hmm. We have public areas where it's, it's the, the government is the steward of it, but it's public land for all to use, right? We can't, we're not limiting anybody's ability to go on that land, but it's open, it's owned by the private, it's private, it's publicly owned, but the, um, and they can't limit who can. They can't really limit who's on it. But right. they're the stewards of it. Right. Right. It, it's a it's a public good. Right. But then, or you have private space, which they have. You know, complete. They have with. They have the the ability to limit access to limit behavior within its confines. Mm-hmm. Where because right now there really isn't any public space other than like government websites right. operating on. Basically operating on private because the government doesn't own the access to the internet, right? right? That is all the access to the internet is a, is you pay a private company to access the internet. Right. So I, I, I don't know. I, I wonder where we're going to find the internet space 10, 15, 20 years from now mm-hmm. in terms of that, that blending of, in terms of what is public and what is private. Yeah. Because how do you limit the spread, like what role does the government have mm. to stop the spread of disinformation? Right. I think that is the key is like the disinformation or the interference from. But how do you prove it's disinformation? Like how do you right. go about proving it's disinformation? Like if right, if Russia, if a Russian bot mm-hmm. throws a fake article into parlor, somebody picks that up, shares it. Yeah. Somebody picks that up and shares it. The person who's picking that up and shares it ha- is sharing it on their own accord, not having any idea that they're spreading. They think it's real. Right. It was started as disinformation. The right, like, it's all about, I guess, what is the definition of disinformation? Mm-hmm. Disinformation is knowingly spreading false information. Right. Well, as that gets down the share chain, it's no, it's now misinformation because it's false. Right. But is it purposeful disinformation? And then how do you regulate that? That's an excellent point. This is what's kept me up at night since the election. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think about Twitter like flagging all of his tweets that are disinformation? Is it disinformation? Is he knowingly spreading it? To, is, does he believe it's false? Come on, dude. I, yeah, I, he knows. He knows, <laughs> dude. He knows. I mean, we can spec. Yes, we can. We can make a very educated guess that yeah. he is making it up. Yeah. I. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I was having a conversation with uh, with Kylie about this. Time and, out. Okay. Real quick. And I think you implied this, but Twitter is the regulator of that disinformation. A private company is mm-hmm. the regulator of that disinformation. Yes. So if Trump... You know, on their space. Yeah, yes. In their space, uh-huh. right. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So the way, yeah, the way it stands right now. Right. But if a place like Parler... Or say Twitter didn't want to, right? The government has had to twist the arm of Mark Zuckerberg to do anything on disinformation. Yes. Like they've had to call him before Congress multiple times and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Well, he's doing nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Like help us. Like help us do something because we cannot regulate it. And what responsibility do these private companies have to help? Mm Mm-hmm. 
and Europe is trying to answer this in many, in many different ways. Like mm-hmm. I, I, um, I did a lot of research when I was at American on a, on a paper I was writing for um, thinking about how NATO and European countries are trying to uh, insulate and protect their election processes from Russian disinformation campaigns. Wow. And there's a lot of like different company, different countries are doing different things. And most of them are, are stuff that if we were to find out that our government was doing this in the United States, we'd have a lot of, especially from the libertarian sect, would be pushing against this, like, oh, like, what's, they'd be worried about what is the long-term ramifications of right. so much government intervention. But then they're, like, saying, like, well, what's the point of, if we can't protect our society now, it's like greater, it's right, these greater it good is. arguments, right? Like, you're, 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 you're sacrificing security for freedom. And what is the, what's at play there? Like, how much security do you give up for freedom? And yeah. I, I don't know. Like it's, it's so tough, but I was talking with Kylie and she's yeah. like, Oh, I'm really happy that there are more like comp like looking at it a competition way. And her point was really good. She said like, I want, um, she's like, I'm glad to see that parlor exists because right. it adds more competition to the marketplace of social media. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yes, that's great. Unless like, I, but I pushed back against it and I said, it was like, well, that's great as long as they're doing something to stop the spread of disinformation. Like these are these. So it is their responsibility. In my opinion, okay. I think it is. I think that there should be, there should be some government laws and regulations on those companies to stop the disinform the spread of disinformation. Okay. And I don't know how you go about doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I still have to think that out, yeah. but I think that there should be something, there should be something there. Yeah. Um, whether it's penalties or it's, Penalties for an penalties? Obvious, penalties for non-compliance. Whoa, dude! <laughs> I don't know. That's I don't know. When you say that word, though, I'm like, <gasps> well, otherwise, how do you? I mean, how I, else? I get what how you're else saying. Like, how else does a government change behavior? For sure, it's carrying it's carrying a stick, right? Yeah. You you've got one or two ways. You can either incentivize or you can beat beat people over the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Kylie has a great point, though. I agree with her that I like that it's in it is a new challenger, right? Mm-hmm. Because the more players you have in this game in in a field and in, in a sphere that we have not defined. Yeah. The relationships of throwing somebody else in there who I don't know I, I I'll have to do more research in like how many users there are and, and how that compares to the, the giants, right? Mm-hmm. But either way the point is is there's this new entity navigating through the same space from a different angle. Mm. And maybe they'll find we can't do it like this and we need to find we need to shift it more towards the way that Twitter's doing it. It may do that. But then that tells us that even though we've introduced this new organ uh, company, corporation, mm-hmm. that they're navigating through the same things Twitter and Facebook are navigating through and I think maybe ultimately we're going to find, a, you know, it all, it's all going to come to a head of, of mm-hmm. a way, whether it's what you're talking about or or we just say like, nope, they're just going to regulate individually. But the solutions, I think, will always kind of figure themselves out. So Facebook isn't doing anything. Twitter's doing a lot. Who knows what Parler's doing or Instagram is owned by Facebook, right? So they're doing about as much as Facebook is. 
But either way, they're guiding through. They're they're finding their way through this disinformation, through hate speech, through free speech, through whatever. Mm-hmm. But from what it sounds like, Parler's like, I want more left-leaning people to come to my thing. That's probably a business standpoint. Yeah. But also, if you do that, that creates a new. It changes the sphere, right? Mm-hmm. Of of the of the conversations. But then that will ultimately change the way that that platform is used. So that's what I'm getting. The point I'm getting to is like as they're all navigating through this freedom of speech, hate speech, disinformation, uh, how it relates to the government, all of those things. I think adding another body into that game Mm -hmm. helps us figure it out. So I agree. I, I just wanted to point out that I, do, I think it does help us in a new way, a new approach, a new sphere, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not it's not anything special. They're just letting you say, I hate listeners of Say What You Mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but how does that look? Mm-hmm. If Facebook's not going to let you do it or Twitter's definitely not going to let you do it, mm-hmm. then what does it look like when a space does allow you to do that? And then how does that relationship mm-hmm. with the government go? Compared to Twitter, you know what I mean? I think it just adds a different, I think, I don't know. I think I'm thinking what Kylie's thinking. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'd I'd love to talk to her about it. I think you're on the right, I think you're on the right path, right? If you're going to take a free market stance on this, right? I'm going to try to game plan. That's what I'm thinking. I'm going to try to game, yeah, game plan. Say it better than I did. What you're saying, no, you said it, you said it just fine. um, Because you helped me get, you helped me get to this part, this point I'm going to make. Playing devil's advocate against myself. I think that, uh, right, so if you have, think about it like with employment. Yeah. If you've got three companies with, you have three firms that are all making the same product Mm -hmm. and one company is paying more than the other, those employees are going to go over there. Yes. Right. Okay. So say they're all paying, say they're, say they're all paying, say they're all paying the same. Yes. Okay. So what now differentiates the three of them? So one company to get the better workers will then say, well, we'll give you weekends off. Yes. And and then, so then that forces the other two to keep their employees. They have to match the benefits that that other company is giving them. Right. So you, you, Okay, take that print, take that free market principle of we don't need government to mandate a weekend over time. Yes, those those equal those they'll find equilibrium, right? Yes. Because they because workers are self interested, they're going to go to the best situation, mm-hmm. considering all things are equal and people have complete access of movement and mm-hmm. capital. Um, you then apply that now to uh, the social media sphere with That's these exactly three, with these three, main, with these main companies. Yes. Is that Parler now has absolutely no restrictions on freedom of speech? Right. That that is now forcing a max exodus out of off of Facebook, who has done some, right. not a lot, barely any, in my opinion, not enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, and far more than tw- and f- I mean, Twitter has done far more, obviously. Yeah. And down that is having a max exodus of people who think that they are being targeted by those restrictions to this place of complete openness. Yeah. Now, does that force Facebook to then, um, does that force Facebook then to then liberalize its, its, right. its rules or how do you know, and how do they, yes. how do they go about navigating that? And mm-hmm. so to your point, um, you could see how you could, these, these three or four main companies are going to get to a more equilibrium that yes. is more representative of the, of the, populace that are using their products yes because of add that added competition yeah i i get all of that but from <laughs> there are so many 
negative externalities yeah, to then throw on top of this that in a perfect right in a perfect vacuum that free market those free market principles work right, right? and you can see how they work and mechan the mechanisms work like it's like that's classic to adam smith's theories on free market capitalism but there's the the we talk about the negative externalities towards um towards our uh the health of our democracy and the health of our society and the in the divisive nature of our politics right now the spreading of that disinformation is so great i think that the government has i think the government has a i think has the has the authority yeah like i would grant them i would grant them the authority to mm take a step into that realm mm -hmm. past what I would normally be comfortable with because being, being a conservative, I don't generally like the government right. entering yes. spheres. That's why I like this conversation. I think for security purposes yeah. and the longevity of our democracy, um, I would be comfortable with the government establishing itself within that sphere mm -hmm. in a more defined way than it is right now. Mm -hmm. What that is, I still got to flesh all of that right. out. But as a concept, that's how I, that's where I'm at. Yeah, in, in, in kind of like a brute way of thinking about it, in what the way I'm thinking of what you're saying is like, you're either letting the United States government come in and help keep foreign governments out mm -hmm. or you're letting foreign governments come in and influence keeping American governments yeah. out because we have ample evidence yeah. that Russian disinformation campaigns significantly targeted and significantly targeted and influenced mm -hmm. the 2016 election. Yeah. We were much more insulated from that today because of the work that our government put in both with cybersecurity, election security and um, mechanisms working with the private sector. Um, but also the government in... Okay, so here's something that I wrote in my paper okay. that I thought was a... I think could be a good middle ground. Okay. Is that the government comes up with its own, edu with its own education... Um, its own education system okay. that that um tries to educate the, the populace like a campaign on the, th on the threats yeah like a like a like a like a media campaign okay highlighting the threats of oh. disinformation highlighting the threats of disinformation I like what you're saying you don't necessarily have to clamp down on so on free like the the ability to use speech right. on private platforms yes forcing those companies to use I like what you're restrictions saying right now. yeah but the government has its own using using its own uh, basically saying hey twitter facebook parlor whatever please allow us to put these this anti disinformation campaigns on your platforms mm -hmm. so for every russian bot that is out there spreading you know, we're, we we can take the most popular ones and break them down almost like Snopes does. Oh. And like, hey, here's here's these points you're probably seeing. Here's our yeah. Um, yeah. Here's here's fact checking of that. Here's what actually is occurring. And I think that that could be effective to I the right audience. Right. But there's always going to people be like, well, that's coming from the government. I don't believe it. Right. Like they have the incentive sure. to lie. I mean, there's always going to be those people. For sure. And as as the guy in office erodes 
erodes faith in our elected officials yeah. and it erodes faith in our election process, mm-hmm. that's going to be those anti disinformation campaigns from our own government are going to become less and less effective. For sure. So, that's a, I like that. I yeah. like that campaign. I'm designing a campaign for one of my final projects. I'll are tell you? you? I'll tell okay. you about it off air. Sure. Um, have you ever posted anything that's been like flagged or like, Mm-mm. duh, <laughs> duh. You know why? Because you see some shit and you go, huh, I wonder if that's true. And you do your own research and you go, that's bullshit. Why? I'm not resharing that. Mm-hmm. Is that hard? No. Dude, I've never gotten anything flagged. Because if I see something and it seems like, even if it does, even if it's like no big deal, I'm going to be like, I don't know about that. Because I don't want to be the one responsible for s- misinformation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. How do how do not how do regular people not that we're irregular but mm-hmm. how does not the, the everyday citizen not fear being the one responsible for spreading misinformation because it reinforces their ideas yeah it has to be that it gets more more people on their team dude I don't and that's so, one thing I would, go ahead to the ends justify the means right like, yeah I was thinking about that like when people move over to a parlor and if I go over there and I'm like hey dude. Jake, this is great over here. And like, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a right air quotes, mm-hmm. right leaning space. Right. And not that you're left leaning, but say you are. And I'm like, Hey, come over. And you're like, eh, I don't know. You know what I mean? And like, you come over and you're like, Hey, uh, I voted for Biden. And they're like, fuck you, dude. Like you're immediately going to leave that space. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. How, how often is that going to happen? If, if, if it's not a safe space, I don't know if that's the term, but you know what I mean? It's, it's not a space for everyone. Mm-hmm. Then you're not going to have people using it. No, I mean, definitely not. I mean, there's always going to be trolls who will just, sure. th- you know, throw gasoline on a fire just yeah. to watch it burn. Um, but yeah, for me, like I'm not going to go and engage with somebody who is like name, who's like name calling. Well, what's the point? So what if like, what if you go over there and, and, and I just, I imagine it's a negative space. I want to do more research into it, honestly, but let's say you post a picture of your photography and you're like, you post something about, uh, navigating through mental health. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey pussy. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you want <laughs> antidepressants? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> why don't you just be happy, bro? Yeah, dude. Why don't you just feel better? Stupid. <laughs> That's my point. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there's gonna be, there has to be those right leaning, like hardcore Trump supporters who were like, I had a hard day today. And in a space where maybe you can say whatever you want, mm-hmm. they're like, pussy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, does that change that person wanting to be in that space? Maybe. Uh, you, maybe. Or it, or it, or it, it, it has the verse effect and, keeps bringing it it keeps perpetuating toxic masculinity where like a guy that can't doesn't feel like he can display his emotions so then he just puts them inward and then it it manifests in yelling and aggression or they're perpetuating you know gender roles and right and racial stereotypes or like the uh or instead of posting like hey i'm here's me um being vulnerable and talking about how i'm feeling they're uh, putting on display more of a more masculine, mm-hmm. like here's me killing things. <laughs> yeah, right. And like, I mean, yeah. I mean, look at Don Jr. Yeah, exactly. That's a great point. That's a great example. Um, all right, let's move on. Okay. Uh, did you hear Michael Flynn got pardoned? I did. Oh, so you did hear that happened yesterday? Oh, I thought it happened today. Well, he tweeted about it today. Oh, he did. Yeah, okay. at like 10 a.m. Or, or something. maybe he tweeted about. 
maybe he tweeted about it yesterday and officially pardoned him today. Oh, okay. I, I knew the pardon was coming. I mean, yeah. Which is a gr- absolutely gross, just gross abuse of abuse of power. It's he's within his right. <laughs> he's within his right, but does that make it right to anybody who's listening who's a Trump supporter? Like I always love the well, you know, he's in his right to to, uh, yeah, yeah, to yeah. fight these election results. Yeah. Okay, but should he? Yeah. Should he? Is it worth it? It's like when I I asked I asked uh, somebody on the on the gamers chat yeah. who was saying like he, they said oh I want I would love to hear it was like it's that dude talking sense like into his uh, phone right it was yeah. that, I don't he said oh I'd love to yes I'd love to see what Jake has to say about this it was uh-huh. a video from a couple weeks ago do you uh-huh. remember this uh-uh. okay and it's this guy talking about how the election can be overturned in the electoral college and like if the electors choose to vote yes. differently than their okay. states voted and and I'm like. Okay, but is it worth the death of our democracy to keep Trump in office yeah. through that means? Yeah. And then he's like, no. Then why share it? Yeah, yeah. Why? So my, my point is <laughs> yeah. being, yes, Trump is in his right to pardon Michael Flynn. Right. Should he? No. Yeah. Because even... even even people who are on the president's side are critical of him yeah. pardoning Michael Flynn. Yeah. Michael Flynn is a convicted felon. He lied. Yeah. He lied to investigators. Yeah. I I just I don't I don't know how this doesn't just We've said this so many times throughout the last 4 years. Yeah, like, how does this not as a conservative make you angry? Yeah. Because it's redefined. It's all redefined. Yeah. That's something I want to get into in another episode. Real quick, um, because, I mean, we don't have to go, but let's not drag everybody out Mm -hmm. on Thanksgiving. (laughs) Um, CJ's going to be pissed that I'm bringing this up. Blazers? Yeah. Yeah. We have to talk about it. We have to, dude. So, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think that they are set up at... Every position and backup position, how I would like, except for backup point guard. Yes. I, when Neil O'Shea had his press conference a couple days ago and he was asked about bringing in a backup point guard because they still have one roster spot open. Mm -hmm. And he's like, we have a backup point guard. His name's Anthony Simons. And I just went face palm. Yeah. I'm like, you're going to tell me you're going to roll with Anthony Simons as your backup point. Your primary ball handler in the second unit is going to be Anthony Simons. Yeah, dude, that almost negates like half of the move. Like, I feel like that just like negates half of the good moves you've made. Yeah, I mean, gross. Why he is so? This is the fault of Neil O'Shea. Yeah, this will always bite him in the ass. Way too loyal and overvalues his own draft picks. Yes, he will hold on to Zach Collins. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That he gave. Alan Crabb, that horrific deal. Yeah. Draft his draft pick, one yeah. of his his coveted loving he loves his second round finds. <laughs> yeah. Myers Leonard, yeah. right? Yeah. Nobody should have given Myers Leonard that contract. Yeah. He did. Yeah. I'm just I'm just saying. I I I, I feel like he is overvaluing Anthony Simons. But I love yeah. the I love the other moves. What are your what's your take? Cantor. Love it. I do too. Um, he fits that. Uh, he fits their system so much better than than Hassan does. 
Yeah, you're giving. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you're giving up those highlight blocks, right? And that like rim protection when he's playing. But Hassan took so many plays off anyway. Like I don't really feel like you're giving up that much defensively. No, no. Night in and night out. And that that's a great point because I was talking to people um, at work and they were just like, "Yeah, but Cantor doesn't play defense." Yeah, but if he if he is involved in a hundred percent of the plays. I will take that over yes. over someone checking out. Someone checking out. Yeah. Because there were so many times he was late on rotations. It oh, caused yeah. Zach to have to and pick he up. Just fouls. kind of lazily just puts his hand up at mm-hmm. them. Uh, it's like, uh what? Yeah. And then Zach ends up getting a foul. Every time. Yeah. And and that's not fair to Zach. That's not. Because no. Zach is better than that if he has someone in the rotation helping him. Mm-hmm. Who knows how Zach's health will be? That's always the biggest concern. Yeah. I think Zach has so much potential. And you put him next to a guy like Cantor, mm-hmm. that's fun for me to watch, dude. Yeah. Cantor's such a solid pick-and-roll player. Um, and a good low-post player. And a low, good low-post player. And I think Zach wants to be that as well. Um, I mean, traditional-type bigs that you don't really see anymore. Mm-hmm. But if Portland does, I'd love a traditional big with Damian Lillard. Cantor's footwork is so sexy. I love LaMarcus Aldridge with Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. Just kick it down to the post. If he gets doubled, you hit it to Dame, he's going to hit a three. Yeah. there's You cannot double Damian Lillard anymore. No, nope, it's awesome. And you can't. The nice thing, okay, so Hassan's pick and roll was garbage. Oh, so Because bad. his angles that he would take on the pick and roll gave mm-hmm. Lillard very little space to fit passes in. Mm-hmm. If you watch how wide Nurk and even Cantor, when Cantor oh, was playing, Nurk. how wide Cantor and like when Cantor was playing in the playoffs, right? How wide he would get with those screens up top. Yeah, that creates so much space for Lillard to come off to either hit that three mm-hmm. or hit the cutter. Yep. When Hassan was out there lazily throwing little body checks, <laughs> Lillard had no space to get his threes off. Yeah. I, I just I think all around the Cantor signing was my favorite signing this okay. offseason. Um, it's, it was a trade, but I mean, right. it's the, my favorite addition, um, Covington, I think I overvalue, I, I loved Covington when he was coming out of, he was, came off of Philly and he had one good year in Minnesota. He's kind of been down the last couple of years, yeah. but I think he fills a need on the wing and he, he's a, you're bringing him in to be a defender, not to be a, yeah. a scorer. Yes. Love the Rodney Hood, bringing Rodney Hood back. I'm worried. The the Achilles is always worrisome, yeah. but Wes has seemed to respond well, and everybody's different. Yes, but I think medical technology has allowed that injury to not be as debilitating as it used to be. Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I love Ronnie Hood. See, guys have guys are starting to choose this place. Mm-hmm. Covington chose this place. Yeah. over other options. I mean, and whether it's him saying, oh, I, I see that there there's a need for me there, so I want to go fill that, or I see the camaraderie. Dude, Carmelo Anthony signed again. Yeah, to probably come off the bench because yeah. they had conversations with him. Really? Yeah. Oh. Um, I mean, you can't. Dude, can you start him? I don't. Dude, he was so fun in the playoffs, in the bubble, though. But his defense. His defense so is booty, I, I, but I love so it. So here's the thing is I think you can – Okay, remember how they used to play Noah Vonley? Yeah. They would start him. Yeah. But then he wouldn't yeah. – You'd play for like the first six minutes, and yes. then you wouldn't see him again for a while. My guess is that that's what's going to happen. Is okay. You'll see Mello in the starting lineup, so he could be a starter. Right. But then I think you will see Covington be that primary four. Okay. And then 
when they need floor spacing in the second unit or they need um, floor spacing on the closing unit uh-huh. down the stretch in the fourth, you'll see Melo like Melo be that corner guy. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about Derek Jones? Super athlete. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, upside signing. I don't yeah. like that use the, the mid-level on him, mm-hmm. but I don't know where else you could have used it. Because you look at, so this is where I get myself caught, right? Okay. Is that you look at Jay Crowder and you look at Montrez Harrell, who both signed for the same amount of years and the same amount of money. That yeah. was a mid-level exception, two years, 19 mil. Right. And you're like, we could have, like, those guys went for the same money we just paid Derek Jones, who yes. paid like a total of like six minutes in the finals for the Heat, yeah. who were ravaged by injuries and he still couldn't find the floor. Yeah. But those guys took lesser money to go to the teams that they went to. Yeah. Whereas... They're not coming to Portland for the mid level. Yeah, we could get Derek Jones for the mid level right. in Portland. So I get it. I, I get it. Yeah, it's a high upside sign. It's a high upside, low floor ceiling, low, yeah. low floor signing. Uh, I don't think he was. If you look at the rotation right now at wing, mm-hmm. he. I don't know how much he's going to see the floor. Yeah. So I don't. We'll I, don't I I think he could. He's an energy guy. I kind of look at yeah, him as yeah. like a member Thomas Robinson. Of course. He could come in, spot minutes, give you some energy. Right. Maybe, maybe a couple alley, like an alley-oop dunk, a couple blocks, come in there, get some Definitely rebounds. Alley-oops um, I, he, I, he's not going to be an integral piece by any means, but he's a good role player. Yeah. Um, what about Harry Giles? I love that signing. Okay. Especially with Collins probably out until mid, mid-January at yeah. the earliest. Uh, he is a good depth um, big. He's 22. Yeah. He, uh, rookie season, tore his ACL and MCL. Oh, no. In high school, he did. Mm. So. He is athletic. Yeah. I think he moves well without the ball. He's a good rim runner. Mm. He can, I think he does a good job running. He's a good fast break who can run. He can run in the fast break well. Right. And I think that will help their, because their transition offense last year was terrible. Portland? Portland's transition offense was terrible. They did not score off of turnovers. And when you're it's a bad, such an easy bucket. And when you're a bad defensive team, you have to score off of your turnovers because yes. you're not getting many of them. Right. They did not score off the turnovers last year. I think that both Derek Jones and Harry Giles will help in that when they're on the floor. For sure. Uh, Giles, I think I liked him when he was in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he will get minutes. It's just um, he's 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 a limited he's a limited kind of player. I think. I think a good comp for him mm-hmm. is uh, Jackson Hayes in New Orleans. Do you know who I'm talking about? I have about? no idea who okay. you're talking about. Big rim-running seven-footer mm-hmm. who doesn't have any sort of shot. I think a more offensively gifted Nerlens Noel, but doesn't have the defensive upside. Okay. It's like Nerlens is a great guy around the rim for getting sure. rebounds, and he's a good defensive player. Yeah. Flip that with... Harry Giles. Harry okay. Giles is a good, better offensive player yeah. than New Orleans, but not as good as a defensive okay. player. Okay. Um, and CJ Ellaby. I, the draft pick out of Washington State. Other than he's a Coug, Go I mean, Coug! That, that's all I. <laughs> that's all I got. He's got a shot. Yeah. He's. I mean, I he, didn't even do any research on him. Uh, I saw Cougs, and I'm like, I'm on your team. He's a six six wing. Yeah. Um, six six shooting guard. He gives you he gives you height and length and shooting ability on the wing. But what's he's, up with the what's his name, dude? He's not who. The. F- TJ and Matt and Micah know exactly who I'm talking about. He was uh, he didn't play at all in the playoffs. Um, Wenyan? No. Oh, uh, Caleb Swanigan? No. Was he on our team still? He opted out of the. Oh, play. He, he opted out of the bubble. 
Oh, oh, that's right. Oh, he did? Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, I didn't even realize. Why am I not getting his name? I'm looking him up. Hold on. Oh, uh, Nasir Little. Oh, uh, yeah, he had like a heart condition. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, I don't know what is up with him. Me neither. I mean, he's on the roster. Yeah, so. and they're showing like, I've seen videos of him like working out and stuff and they're like, oh, we're excited. But it's like, what's up with that heart condition? Is mm-hmm. he playing? Is yeah. he not? I don't think he's going to sniff the floor this year. Dude, how? <sighs> I can't tell you how happy I am to see Mario Hazonia gone. Never have to watch him throw a ball out of bounds to no one again. Oh, he's the worst. And to train him for cancer? Mm-hmm. Pfft, idiots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't even know Cantor was on Memphis. Did he get traded? Was he Mem- on Memphis? Yeah, they got him from... Maybe it was part of the three-team deal. It must have been. Okay. Because he was just on the Celtics. Yeah. So he must have... Memphis Celtics to Memphis to Portland, mm-hmm. which whatever, dude. Um, I saw uh, Dame posted a video of him throwing the medicine ball down and bouncing it up and like flexing and like turning and then throwing it down. Do you see that this morning? Dame? Yeah. No. He's like, got to get to work, got to get working before the feast or whatever. And in the comment, <laughs> Mello was like, dude, take a day off. <laughs> and Damien was like, I can't. Dame was. Did you see those cryptic messages he was posting on IG when everybody was like Harold went to the Lakers and guys were um, like it looked like guys were like starting to like team up again. Uh-uh. And he was like, guys, true colors are like really shown like you get to like you get to see people's real um, you can see like people's real uh I forget what he used, but right. he was like, basically it was, it was a low Motives. key, it was a real low key shot at people who are like, Oh, something about like, don't want it. Don't want the grind or something like that. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, he's, he's one of those guys. I think he gets really frustrated when people go and try to take the easy way out. Yeah. And, oh, I, yeah. Lo- and I love that about Me him too. Him and CJ both, they're such different people, Yeah. but they have that same mentality of we're going to, this is the team that we're on. We're going to figure out a way to do it here. Well, imagine like that in that mentality, your whole life, not AAU, but like say you grew up in a Vancouver, Washington. Mm -hmm. You didn't have a choice of where you played ball. You were, you went to Fort Vancouver high school. You played for Fort Vancouver high school. That's your team. You can't move. You're not moving. That is your squad Mm -hmm. ride or die for four years. Yeah. And then you go to a mid you go to a mid level school like Weber Weber State and Lehigh. Right. That's your squad, fifteen seed in the NCAA tournament. Right. And you know what? CJ wouldn't beat Duke. Yeah. But you're not going anywhere. That's your team. That's who chose you out of everybody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just like it's this mentality of like they're riding with me, so I'm riding with them. Yeah. Like this is the school in my neighborhood. I grew up here. I value this place. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna do what I can to represent this school. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I feel like I could totally relate to that. Like Portland picked me and saw something in me that maybe others didn't and they backed me. So this is my squad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I and, love and, it. And he makes a lot of money in Portland. Dane makes a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money. But he's also so good at marketing himself mm-hmm. as a big market guy yeah. in a small market. Mm-hmm. He's so good at it. He's very, very good at it. And I'll give him credit for this too. It's like him and... I, and I don't know if this is credit, it's just who they are, but him and CJ are not like, they're not the the kind of guys that will go out, that are looking for a city where that has a nightlife. Right. They're both very family-centric. Yes. Um, 
or CJ has his wine collection, right? And his podcast. And he's very socially, yeah. he's very socially active. Like, his degrees in communication. Yeah. And it's like, they have other, in, they have interests that allow them to be in a place like Portland and be and feel fulfilled. Right. Right. Um, and that's not a knock on guys who want to have a, be in LA and have a party life. Like, right. do you, like, do you. Right. But it's just like, this is, they're the perfect, they're the perfect type. They're the perfect archetype. Uh, for Portland, for sure. Um, what do you think about West signing with the Lakers? <sighs> if the Lakers get a ring, I'll say this. Whatever, I West going to the Lakers at this point in his career. Yeah, I don't right. care. I don't right. care if he had gone to the Lakers right out of leaving the out of leaving Portland. F U S. Yeah. At this point, he's bounced around the league. He's. Yeah. I mean, whatever. I love him. If it's the if the Lakers end up this this gives me a nice little like silver lining that if the Lakers end up winning the championship again, at yeah. least West gets a ring. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Clay Thompson, heartbreaking. Torres Achilles heartbreaking i i don't like the warriors i i don't like the warriors i respect thompson and curry i just that's just heartbreaking warriors were my pick to win it before the season really i just think with it's starting in uh three weeks that isn't that crazy it's insane um with the nba season on plan to start in three weeks I picked the Warriors to win it just because you got everybody coming back. Um, new pieces. These guys have been working together. They weren't in the bubble. They've had rest. They've had work. And Lakers are coming off of a condensed, crushed battle mm-hmm. for a championship. I think anyone who's playing in the bubble is going to have a real hard time turning this around. Maybe not, though. Yeah, the Lakers completely changed the makeup of their team from a length, like a defensive-focused, lengthy team, mm-hmm. to more of a more of a um, sports floor spacing, jump shooting, offensively driven team. I think oh, Marcus Saul, dude. That that signing was to combat Jokic. Mm-hmm. Den- do, they, do they really feel like Denver is their biggest hurdle? I think Denver's the second best, first or second best team in the West. Tell me who's better. Portland. <laughs> Get out of here, fanboy. <laughs> I think Portland's better than Denver. Are you serious? Yeah. I don't think so, dude. Damien over. I, over I'm Murray. not taking individual guys versus individual you guys. You get into playoffs. <laughs> you get into the playoffs. Yes. It's about Jims and Joes. Yes. Denver may finish with a better record in the regular what did you season. Just say about Jims and Joes? It's about the Jims and Joes. <laughs> and to get to the playoffs, it's about who you have, whose okay. names are on the back of those jerseys. It is such the NBA yeah. more than yeah. any other sport is a star driven league. Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum have been through grinds in the playoffs. They have that clutch gene in the playoffs hitting big shot after big shot in clutch moments. And Denver okay. has wilted in those in those Didn't they win like massively close games in the bubble? Yes. They did. There's that XP, dude. True. I don't know. I Damian's better than I'll take Damian over Jamal Murray, although Jamal Murray can hit clutch shots. Yeah. That dude is a that guy has He's good. Daggers, but Jokic over Nurk, push, huh? Push, push what? I think it's a push. I think it's a fifty-fifty push. Oh, Jokic is better than Nurkic, dude. Mm. <laughs> You're high, dude. No, individually, yes. Okay, in their systems, 
I, I think they're just as good. I think they work. As, I, I don't disagree. I think yeah. in their systems with Damian Lillard and you and Yusuf Nurkic as a tandem, I agree. is as good as Jamal Murray and and uh, Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Then you then now we're talking about role players. Yeah. CJ McCollum is a better shooter than anybody on that Denver team. Yes. Sometimes. Now that Portland has length on the perimeter, yeah. Hood back, Rocco, mm-hmm. Derek Jones Jr. They actually have guys that can defend and keep guys from getting the, what killed Portland defensively, especially against teams like Denver is Denver's ability to just have straight line drives to the rim. Right. Cause even if they didn't end up scoring, they were kicking out to wide open shooters. Yes. Portland now has the ability to have defenders that are more athletic than Aminu and Harkless mm-hmm. to be able to keep those straight line drives from happening. Right. For sure. I just, I think Portland with its depth as constructed all all things equal and healthy. Knocking on the wood. Knocking on all sorts of wood right now. All things healthy. Everybody healthy. I like Portland better than Denver. Okay, top five in the West. Go. Lakers. Portland. Okay. Um, Denver. Mm-hmm. Dallas. Oh. Okay. Utah. Utah's a good one. What about Suns? Phoenix Suns are six. Okay. Okay. Spurs, seven. Spurs are booty. And I think Houston probably gets in with eight because they have James Harden still. Yeah. OKC took a step back. They traded everybody. Oh, but dude, their future. Their future is fantastic. Holy crap. But right now, like, I mean. They know they suck. Yeah. Yeah. I think they tried to tank last year, but Chris Paul was just too good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like Chris Paul, but I like Chris Paul with Devin Booker. Chris Paul with Devin Booker is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like their young they have a good young core. Yeah. Um I just DeAndre Aiden needs to pull his head out of his ass. Yeah. And they're gonna be good. Maybe Chris will help with that. Or not. Or not. Yeah. <laughs> or be terrible. It's I don't think Chris Paul will never be terrible. Well, until I mean, he as literally a leader. We'll will see. he get the best out of DeAndre Aiden? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to say. I don't know. Because him and Blake Griffin like hated each other by mm-hmm. the end of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll see. Yelling at each other. Well, we have the best team in the league, regardless. So Rip City, baby. They're gonna be fun to watch this year. I just wish we could go to the Rose Garden. <sighs> there are definitely people that I want to go to the games with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, at some point during this season, we'll be able to. I really on. hope. so. I want to watch this iteration of the Blazers in person. Me too. I mean, Biden's president, so the world's going to be better now. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see. I want to see Mello in a. Bla- I actually want to see Mello live in a Blazer uniform. I know, uniform. dude. It sucks. It sucks. But we've watched the game together. We got to do it more. Mm-hmm. We got to do it. We got to do it more, especially especially for those reasons. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming. Of course. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah, I turned thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Nerdy thirty. Um. I don't know. Be safe out there. If you're super spreading, be safe while you're super spreading, I guess. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Yeah, you perverts. (laughs) All right, bye. Bye.